0: I am here walking around my neighborhood to, um, how do I say, neutralize my energy at this time. I am currently engaged in some spiritual transitional work, let's just put it that way. If you are a Patreon member, I have spoken about this a little bit, I won't go into detail, but it's definitely at work for me. And I need to be outside right now and walk in order to cleanse and neutralize this energy. If I am sitting cooped up in my studio space, I will probably not be in the best shape. So I am, I am doing this right now um, for the sake of all my listeners, <laughs> so that I don't, um, so that I don't come off with stagnant energy negative stagnant energy, because I don't want to bring anybody down. I I want this to be an uplifting experience. Uh, So let's roll with that. And um, I go on this walk around my neighborhood every single day. It's usually about an hour and 20 minutes, sometimes hour and a half. That covers about 10,000 steps. And honestly, it keeps me not only level, uh, but also fit and also it's like my time to commune with whatever I have going on in my spiritual grid or whatever you want to call that. Um, One thing I will say that I hope resonates with some of you is if you guys have made like New Year's resolutions or um, goals for yourself like short-term goals and long-term goals just know that as soon as you make those goals those intentions um, you're going to be experiencing opposing forces coming at you immediately to challenge you in meeting those goals and it's not because it's like a you uni- know it's like it's not like universe is discouraging you it's actually the opposite it's to show you like this is where it's this is where it's at this is what's happening and this is the only way for you to know that this is what your intentions were. This is the only way for you to actually overcome the things that you have set out to overcome. So um, just know that that's, it's all loving, loving challenges. Um, the challenges are actually coming from a place of love. So if you feel bogged down or if you feel defensive or if you feel like you know, nobody gets you, or nobody's on your side, please know this it's it's actually the opposite um all the forces are on your side in this very moment if you're feeling those challenges and if you feel like giving up don't don't give up don't give up keep going you're doing just fine i promise you um one really excellent lesson that i learned via all the 50 billion thousand hours of ram dust tapes that i've been listening to for the last couple of years is um me at this present moment, with all of my neuroses, I am absolutely perfect and exactly where I should be. Isn't that a gnarly thought? Oh, and for those of you who follow me on Instagram on Grace Junk Comedy, uh, you know that I have this tailless squirrel neighbor named Jojo Ba. It's a squirrel, but you know, they have no tail. And, and a lot of these tailless squirrels, it's usually because there was some kind of accident, like a car. You know, ran over it, or they got attacked by some predator. Oh my God! And Jojo here. I see Jojo. Holy shit! Jojo here. Hold on. There's Jojo Hi, Jojo I left you a banana the other day. Did you get it? Yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo! Okay back to my usual I'm sorry it's just I haven't seen Jojoba in like a week or two and I thought that one of the stray cats that they have they're not strays the cats have owners they have homes but they're like outdoor cats and I was afraid that one of the outdoor cats like killed and ate Jojoba <laughs> so oh and there are like ravens and hawks and stuff that also fly around so I'm so happy to see that Jojoba is safe and sound okay um so, yeah, uh, for those of you who are feeling like the, the, the spiritual or emotional or mental tension, um, feeling like you're in battle or whatever. Yeah, just know everybody's on your side. I'm on your side. How's that? All right. If you lost your shit at your family member or spouse or whatever, like, I'm on your fucking side. How's that? All right. Um, okay, so I want to talk about three shows today, and I have to talk about all three because these three are, they all have a similar through line, okay? So I'm going to talk about uh, Mr. Sunshine, <laughs> which I've complained about quite a few times on this podcast if you've been listening for the last three years. Um, I'm also going to talk about uh, Snowdrop, yes, and for those of you who have been listening to my podcast, you also know um, I would whine and bitch and moan about Snowdrop every once in a while too. And then third, I'm going to talk about Kyung Sung. Is it Gyeongseong Creature? Kyung You know, it's the one with uh, Park Sejun, our Yi one class favorite, the one with the haircut. <laughs> um, and he's looking pretty hot. He's looking pretty sexy in Kyung Sung Creature right now. I- I'm digging it. So I'll be talking about these three podcast. I mean, these three shows right now. How are you? I'll, I'll be talking about these three right now, all together, because the through line for all three has their two through lines. Number one, whenever um, these celebrities reach a certain status, okay, these, these K-drama celebrities, when they reach a certain status, like Lee byung like like Hain like Park Seo-jun, right? When they reach a certain point, a level in their status, they all do the same thing, they all end up doing a period drama, which is set in the colonial era. And this is the hilarious thing. It's like you can just see and feel and taste the Korean government nationalistic money and funds and ideology. Just it, You feel the pins and needles of that. It's right there. And I find that, I don't know. Hilarious? Let's put it, let's just say it's hilarious because it's so blatant, all right? Like, it's not blatant to most people, like people who, you know, did not grow up in South Korea or people who are not familiar with South Korean history or, you know, people who are not Korean diaspora who pay attention to, like, nationalism or nationalistic politics. If you don't know that, then this is not on your radar and that's fine. I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with you. I'm just noticing it and it is on a blatant level because you know I'm an academic, I'm an intellectual, I'm also an anarchist, right? With like you know, socialist tendencies. I'm very lefty, yeah. So I see it and I just find it funny because it's so common. It's happening all three. Like they did it with Mr. Sunshine. They did it with Snowdrop and they're doing it again with Gunsan Creature. And who are the enemies across all three? The Japanese the fucking Japanese. And it's like that anti-Japanese sentiment that nationalistic Korean dramas and movies hold is, it's like, oh baby, when are you going to let it go? When are you going to let it go? Now, I will say this. It is very important to uh, acknowledge the, um, the destructiveness of coloniality okay so if we look at these three shows if we look at Mr. Sunshine, Snowdrop, and Sun Creature which are on these major conglomerate platforms like Netflix and like Disney Plus Snowdrop is on, is on Disney Plus and we got that Blackpink member right okay she's in it I mean it's like whoa it's like mega star right so you got that going on and then you have Netflix which is a global streaming service okay so like these shows are made for Netflix and Disney Plus original productions to put a big stake, a political stake into the minds and hearts of K-drama lovers that has this Korean nationalistic political ideology embedded in there. And if we look at that as a, as a gesture or a nod towards decolonization overall... Then we have a little something interesting going on. Then we could say, all right, there is the uplift. If we say that these K dramas are about being anti colonial, or if we look at these three shows as being, um, I don't know, gestures or modes of decolonization via media, via K drama superstardom, global stardom, how do you stardom? Then, okay, there is some. Productive productivity towards a progressive notion um, towards, like I don't know, human rights or whatever the fuck we want to call it. But I think I think it's expecting too much um, to say just that. It's not just that. We can't say it's just that because the fact is, South Korea is a very powerful nation at this moment in time, and South Korea is engaged in. Colonial or neocolonial practices through their own government and their own capitalistic systems and forces. Okay? So that's undeniable. So we have to acknowledge that. Okay? So it's trying to do one thing while doing another. Do they cancel each other out? Do they conflict? I don't know. I think they do conflict, but they can both coexist. Both things can be true at the same time. The other through line that I see is that um, all of them are, they have this like romantic thing embedded in there, all right? So we have this like, like Yi byung he's like the, I mean, you know, he's kind of going over the hill at this point, um, but he was like supposed to be the sexy thing for Mr. Sunshine with Kim Tae-ri, right? And everybody was like, "Oh my god! Like it's YB Young it's Kim Teddy." You know, it's like honestly, only Koreans care. <laughs> only the Koreans care. So I feel like uh, Mr. Sunshine was a show that was uh, made for Korean audiences, and I believe it was on TVN. I don't think it was like purely on Netflix only. Like I don't think it was a Netflix exclusive in South Korea. I believe it was on TVN in Korea. Um, now, with the in the case with Snowdrop. Um, that, I'm also not sure. I'm not sure if it was like on a uh, cable channel in Korea, but it's on Disney Plus for all the rest of the nations. And you got Chunghee and everybody loves him. And then you got that Blackpink star, everybody loves her. So, okay, there, there's like a romantic thing going on there. But in both cases with Mr. Sunshine and Snowdrop, um, yeah, like very boring shows. I'm sorry. They're boring. They're not like, you got the stakes there, okay. It's like colonization, da da da. But like, I'm sorry, it just wasn't, I didn't care. I really could not give a shit about these um, lovers and like hope for the best for them because I just didn't care. There was something not convincing about it. And I realized it's because they lack chemistry. <laughs> it's as simple as that. They lack chemistry. Okay, you got these big ass stars, but do they have chemistry on screen? No? Okay, then it doesn't work. Bottom line, bottom line. It's similar to how Hollywood will, like, throw together the biggest names and then they'll, like, s- smack on a big-name director on it and then they'll expect for this, like, mega thing to happen and then it ends up being a disappointment, which happens time and time again with tentpole movies. And uh, so let's look at Mr. Sunshine and Snowdrop as tentpole characters. Uh, Shows meant for global Hallyu audiences who don't have any political stakes in mind. They just want to see the cute, pretty faces of these big star names and they will subscribe and watch to see these big star names. The fun element of having these shows set in modern colonial Korean era, which is the early 1900s, so from 1910 to 1945, that's the colonial era. Um, that turn of the 20th century period in South Korea, not South Korea in, in the Korean Peninsula overall, was like a really interesting period because they had like the prettiest outfits, they had like the prettiest hats and the prettiest dresses, the cutest, you know, everything. And so I feel like in that regard, it's it's really it's like uh, candy for the eyes. It's like really beautiful to look at, um, you know, seeing like like for instance uh, in Gyeongseong Creature in episode one, when you see these people bringing objects to sell, right? Uh, So that they can make money, like to the pawn shop, they're selling stuff. Um, That scene, like just looking at the interior of that, that space, like everything's made of wood and everything is like handcrafted. And there's like this artisanal um, aesthetic to it that conjures like a romantic old timey, like Meiji era, you know like English influence like Euro style influence like there is like a, a fetishization over the materiality and the beauty of that materiality from that period that the shows do which is actually really beautiful to watch so I appreciate that aspect of all three shows on Creature also does that very well and I really love it so there are um, there are some nice things to these shows that I appreciate but Again, (laughs) um, the anti-Japanese sentiment thing is just so like over the head and over the top and it's just, I'm just like, baby, when are you going to get over this? You know, (laughs) when are we going to get over this? And it's like, you know what? Honestly, it's not something you could rush. So I'm humbled knowing that that's not something you could rush because I am myself also a trauma survivor and I, I understand that that's not something anybody can rush. So let's let them do their thing at their own time. But, you know, hopefully they recover while acknowledging the, the damage that South Korea is currently doing to quote unquote global South nations like, you know, South Asian countries, like Eastern European countries. You know, there are like a lot, a lot of migrant workers from Latin America and Africa and South Asia and South Korea that are being exploited Um, or mistreated through, you know, racist mentalities, racist policies, anti-immigrant policies, all of that stuff that you see in, like, American politics, you also can find it in that country as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Hello, hello. Um, I think that, uh, Creature has one very fascinating aspect about it, which is, like, there is this, uh... Woman who was kidnapped that everybody's looking for, and she ends up being experimented upon. Right? Um, if you guys are into Korean cinema, I recommend two Korean movies that might interest you. One is called Tongju. Uh, I believe it's called Tongju. Uh, Tongju was a he was a modern Korean poet, beautiful poet, very sensitive soul. And um, when he was in his like late teens or early twenties, he was kidnapped or taken prisoner by the Japanese colonial police, and then his body was experimented on by Japanese doctors. Um, And this kind of bodily experimentation was something that the Nazis did. It's something that Americans have done to slaves, and uh, it has a very long and deep history tied to coloniality, slavery, and... um, Basic dehumanization of other of othered bodies from other countries. So the Japanese were doing that. Okay, so in Tongju you're going to see some examples of that. And then there's a another film called Modern Boy or Modern Boy in Korean, and uh, Parky is the star in that. I love him. I love Parky. I think he is a brilliant, brilliant actor. Um, and quite overlooked he's overlooked more than he should be but he's more of a film actor he doesn't really do that much tv in any case modern boy is a good film to see to understand that um the guerrilla fighters the the guerrilla independence fighters who were activists during the colonial era and then these like you know fancy schmancy modern boys who who only cared about money and education and wealth and the pretty materiality of the colonial era. There weren't boys like that. They were called modern boys, modern boys. And it was like a critical way of nicknaming them because they didn't care about other things like political movements or independence of the nation. They only cared about the, the swag or the nice stuff that you could get from Japan and from Europe. Like that's what they gave a shit about. So um that film, modern Boy, is an interesting exploration of the colonial era and then the conflicting um ideologies that were coexisting at that time. And those conflicting ideologies are currently found in Kyongsong creature because the pro- the male protagonist is a boy. Like he he has all the Ins and outs, and he cares about money. He's good at gambling. He's a fancy, smancy boy. Like he's got hoes. All right, like he's a modern boy, and he doesn't have any personal stakes in politics, none whatsoever. But then he's starting to fall in love, or he falls in love with the woman who is a. She's an independence fighter. She's an activist, and so. It's basically the same premise as Modern if you think about it, just except in Gyeongseong Creature you got this monster, right? So this monster ends up becoming a monster because the Japanese doctors were experimenting upon these um, imprisoned Korean bodies. And what does that symbolize? What does that represent? Like why? Why is it happening? Well i mean the most obvious way to go it would be political trauma wouldn't it political trauma and it's it's also in a woman's body that's a fascinating thing and it's in that actress who we saw in silent sea if you guys have seen silent sea Petuna is in it Uh, Petuna's older sister who gets lost she goes to the moon looking for water and she gets she ends up getting stuck there um yeah it's like it's the same actress she's Same thing is happening to her. She gets lost. She gets kidnapped. And she ends up getting experimented on. And she transforms into this, like, monstrous creature that's, like, out to kill everybody. And it's quite fascinating how um, the same... These actors get typecasted into the, like the same roles repeatedly It is really really interesting. That actress by the way, she was never an actress. She became an actress like very late in her life, which I really love her for and she's just like a natural performer. she's just really really good but she was never like a trained actor by any means prior to her recently budding TV career okay So I would say that um, the creature that we see in Kelson Creature, is this manifestation of, you know, Korean political trauma, okay? And the fact that it's in a woman's body, it's also pointing to what the Japanese soldiers had done to hundreds of thousands of Korean women's bodies and girls' bodies. There were a lot of um, young girls who were kidnapped and raped um, by Japanese soldiers and by some Korean soldiers who were forced to become Korean soldiers. There were also plenty of Korean soldiers who ended up becoming Japanese imperial um, military members just out of their own sheer will. Uh, And I I talk about a lot of these things in my upcoming book, uh, K-Drama School, A Pop Culture Inquiry into Why We Love Korean Television, which drops on April 23rd, 2024. And it is available for pre-order on Amazon You can do that right now if you so wish and i will be discussing all of those things and all the things that i just talked about in deep poignant detail in that book so i thank you all for your kind listenership your support and for buying and reading my book and i will speak to you all soon